0: Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on Podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network that has a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also like to dive into other nerdy subjects that we all love to frolic about in our free time. Now, thank you for listening to episode 147, Creature of the Night. Joining me... What a special guest I have for this so, returning to the show. This gentleman, he has a long list of credits for Netflix shows. He's written the uh, recent recently collected Flashpoint Beyond. And I think I got this wrong last time. I said the most important thing that he's ever done, but it's one of the most important things he's ever done is write Batman: the long Halloween parts one and two. It's writer extraordinaire, Tim Sheridan. Tim, thanks for coming back to the show.
1: Oh Ryan, my friend, thank you for having me back. Co-wrote Flashpoint Beyond. I don't want to like sound like I'm, I, you know I co-wrote it with my friends Jeremy Adams and Jeff Johns.
0: Never heard of them. So Never that heard yeah. Of I those think I think I think written by Tim Sheridan, <laughs> the least famous writer <laughs> of Flashpoint Beyond. Let's
1: call it. Let's say that.
0: Very modest. Um, uh, I I didn't tell you this, but I got you here now, and we're recording that this was all a big ruse. I know it says creature of their night, but I actually just got you back on here and keep talking the long Halloween. So <laughs> let's dissect it that minute by minute.
1: Surprise, that would not surprise <laughs> me with you. And, I, you know, and I could talk about Halloween all day, every okay. day, which okay. is okay. which is wild that we don't just talk to
0: each other every day because we, about we, the long Halloween.
1: People would be so annoyed. With
0: us. <laughs> well, they're already um, annoyed because it's almost a drinking game now. Every episode of I'm going to sneak in the long Halloween somehow and i just do i can't help it so yeah. um i do too we, but it's, it's usually because
1: i'm showing off trying to talk about my credits yeah I'm like ooh, look what i adapted I, <laughs>
0: I adapted um, the long halloween no big deal but somehow i managed to stumble into that gig somehow uh, some
1: stumble uh, uh, no I, I i'm i'm really glad though to be talking about like i'm i i would never come on your show
2: ever,
0: no no
1: unless it was to talk about something like <laughs> creature of the night
0: <laughs> I was gonna say unless I had some dirt on you. Which Ooh, I know. That, well that's so, true. <laughs> um that's coming at always, the end of the show, everybody. So stick around to the end. Yeah, that's dirt. a good tease. wow uh, you've yeah. done this before. <laughs> <laughs> if you well, want the dirt, like and subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. Make sure five-star review, a long yeah. positive review. Uh stretch your vocabulary. But uh no, I think let's let's It hurts to say this. Let's stop talking the long Halloween and let's talk Batman, Creature of the Night. That
1: doesn't hurt at all. Okay. (laughs) And um, do you want to, are you going to set it up or do we, how do you want to go? How do you want to do this? I'm going to do some quick background
0: info. Okay, do some background and then I'm going to tie this back to the long Halloween. Ah, yes this is right can you just come on every show from now on every story tie it back to the long halloween somehow i mean i can't help it that's where this is i'm gonna tie it back so go ahead you do this uh, i'm gonna
1: sit here and be in awe of your skills doing the deep background here on creature of the night
0: there's just too much pressure now um (laughs) the bar is high so it was a book there that's it that's it (laughs) well done Written in four issues, uh, four special issues, uh, released between 2017 and 2019. Written by Kurt Busick, uh, illustrated by John Paul Leon, uh, the late great. It's been collected, well, of course, it was released physically. Uh, it was available digitally. It's been collected in a hardcover. I believe it's in a trade paperback now. It's available on DC Universe Infinite. And of course, the collection is available on my favorite app of all time hoopla that's my background info tim
1: is that an ad for hoopla do they
0: sponsor the show they do not sponsor and they should they because i hear you talk about hoopla all the time every single episode because it is the greatest app why buy the cow when you <laughs> get the milk for free Well, here's the in this situation you're the cow i get the thank you um <laughs> never been called the cow before uh <laughs> No, I'm getting Hoopla is like I get the milk for free and then I still go and buy it because I appreciate how good the milk was. That's I mean, I'm going to stop talking about milk now because that just feels weird. Uh, <laughs> but Hoopla allows the allows you to ex- like try stuff and see like, huh? let's let's read this. And then it opens avenues. And so I, I, people that don't use it yet, I just like read Hoopla.
1: I, I honestly, Hoopla. honestly, cannot believe this isn't an ad. <laughs>
0: this sounds like every podcast in podcast i've ever heard (laughs) i'm a bargain so maybe that's why they haven't responded they're like if we respond we're he's gonna stop so let's just uh let's just not say anything get
1: on the horn sponsor this darn show uh (laughs) so that people like me get paid to come on what do you do i work
0: cheap yeah yeah so there now it affects the guests the guests would receive payment if hoopla would sponsor this but anyways uh going off the rails by the
1: way that I have two cats and they mm-hmm. are running around like crazy cats. Awesome. Around right? So if you hear weird things, I swear my playroom here is not haunted <laughs> except by two naughty cats. Tuxedo cats.
0: Now people listening to just the audio, they'll hear a noise and they won't know. It can become a game. Was that Tim or was that yes. his cat? <laughs> cat true. one or cat two? I'm gonna start crinkling paper over here. Yeah, here you go. That could be a fun game. Um before okay, I get so, into my so was, questions, go ahead. some
1: good background on, on Creature of the Night. It was really good. Can I give okay. you the, the give reason
0: why I wanted to come on and talk about Creature of the Night? Yes, after two questions. One, okay. which version did you read for this episode? Like, for this
1: episode, I read the um, compilation on uh, DC Universe Infinite. Okay. Um, But when I first ex- I first experienced the book you know with issue
0: by issue issue by issue uh for this I read the collection on hoopla back to hoopla again oh gosh, of course wild when in so I think you might have just answered it too of when did you first read creature of the night as it was coming out I mean this is so this is well, yeah uh
1: not until not until 28 late 2017 early 2018
0: I think is when I first picked it up. November 2017 was the first issue. So it would have been I think it yeah it was it was late 20
1: hmm I have no concept of time. Okay. But I can tell you what I was doing when I read it for the first time or when I read issue I think it was one and two for the first time.
0: Um and when did issue two come out? See that that I'm not aware of because yeah, I that, know that we'll probably bring help. it up on how the release schedule. That
1: will definitely
0: help. Um, got spaced out, so, but
1: so so the reason why this book came into my life, mm-hmm. it was the first issue was talked up and then handed to me by a friend of mine named Chris Palmer, who is known to you as the director of The Long Halloween Parts 1 and 2, and Superman, Man of Tomorrow, three movies that I wrote at Warner Brothers Animation. There's the connection. Yeah, so Chris Palmer, um, when he was busily working on The Long Halloween, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think it was probably before I started writing Man of Tomorrow, he had brought up this Kurt Busick, John Paul Leon book, um called creature of the night and he said have you read this?" and i said no I, I i haven't read it yet and uh he said oh you have to read it you have to read it there's so much in it that is to me so inspiring uh, but, and i hope chris if you're listening to this i hope i'm getting this right but it was he was talking about how inspiring it was for him in and he, and how much it was inspiring him to do the work on the long halloween mm-hmm. movies and i said oh it sounds like something i really need to dig into then he thought that this there was to him I don't quite I don't quite see this but to him at the time he felt like there was something similar to the storytelling in creature of the night with what I had done with the screenplays for Long Halloween one and two so he was appealing to my ego so I was like oh I have to check this out <laughs> so uh, I uh so I picked so he he actually handed me the first issue and that's how I that's how I got into it and I was just hook I hadn't read secret identity mm-hmm. which was Kurt Busick's superman you know spiritual companion to this yeah. book um and so I read that after uh, or in the middle of of uh, creature of the night um but I I, I, I was I was enthralled, and there's a lot of reasons for it, and we can talk about those. But that was that was where I was, and why it was happening was I was in the middle of I had just finished writing Long Halloween, and we were they were starting production, they were working on the movies, and then I was getting ready to start working on Superman Man of Tomorrow, and uh, and and I fell in love with this book.
0: That's great. Uh, I started reading it. So I review on Batman on film. Um, still do issues. And so therefore we get the access to, uh, digital versions early and creature of the night was one that was, I hadn't heard anything about it. Um, I, you know, it just showed up and I was like, it's a Batman book. I'll read it for sure. And so I read the first issue and then I don't, I honestly, I don't remember when the second issue dropped and I know that release got, I almost want to feel like scattered a little bit, maybe, maybe between two and three and then definitely three and four in which we learned after the facts, uh, health reasons for, I don't know if yeah, music we should, we had some. Little, we should get a little bit of background on that. Like when they, they announced, like they were talking about,
1: apparently this is what I've read. Cause I don't mm-hmm. know Kurt and I didn't know John Paul Leon, but when they, they were talking about doing this story and then it, you know, the way things work in comics is sometimes you'll pitch something and it it kind of bounces around at DC, maybe between different editors, different groups, possibly. I don't know if that was the case with this. Sometimes the timing isn't exactly right or what have you. So you can pitch something and it doesn't really, it sits for a little bit. And you don't even know if it's ever going to happen. And then all of a sudden it happens. And I think what I read was that it, it, it got, the solicits went out for Creature of the Night. And they were like, well, we're, we're, I guess we're doing this, and, um, and and at the and at that moment, both Kurt Busick and John Paul Leon were uh, dealing with health issues. Yeah, and so that old, like right out the gate, they had kind of you know a a, a difficult start because of that, mm-hmm. and then the release of it's a four issue story, but that release is you know over the course of a couple of years, um, and that's because of of john paul leon uh you know his he was he had a, a a new diagnosis of of colorectal cancer and and that was what he was fighting and working on you know fighting at the time that he was working on this book so um obviously for you know that's a really difficult a difficult thing to to to, to deal with and so yeah. it, it, it makes sense why this not only for that reason that this Took an extended amount of time Mm -hmm. for the story to be fully realized but also when you read this book and when you look at these pages they are dripping with detail they are you know it's it is jpl at i would say his finest you know um uh just beautiful storytelling and beautiful pages and and if it is the kind of thing that even if he hadn't been fighting health issues
2: yeah um
1: i would have waited an eternity for pages like this uh because i don't i it's rare that you see things this perfect mm-hmm. in in comics these days
0: yeah I, in the in the collection uh kurt busick he does a you know he he includes the like the proposal. But actually at the beginning of January 2022, the uh Tom King's Batman Catwoman uh special um mm-hmm. was released, and that was supposed to be John Polyon. And I know that he'd passed away before he could complete it. So there were other artists that contributed, and they kind of made it, you know, a dedicated to him sort of issue. And it was extra, you know, extra long, extra pages, had some of his short stories included, but they had some nice write-ups, and Busick, I mean, he comments on that at the very end, um, basically all about working with him um, on this book. And he brings up the fact of, like, you know, we both had... And that was the first time, I guess, that I'd even... I had any idea that Busick also had health issues. But he said, you know, my pale, mine paled in comparison to John polyon's But, the, like, a lot of it was just, like, basically kind of, like, in awe of this guy who... Going through that, and yet he still was managing to not only draw a book, but greatest work of his career. Yeah. Like amazing work uh, to boot, to, to do it. So um, there's a little bit more of like a backstory in case, like you, I think you'd already mentioned Maybe it was kind of under the radar because of that release schedule and stuff, but um, that's more context on why, but now it being collected, I think more people are coming to it. I do think that it is building up and getting more notability.
1: By the way, I do recommend reading the collected version in which they publish. Busick's original pitch for. Yeah. Look, it's really great as a fan mm-hmm. of comics in general. I wish they would do more of that. Um, Me too. It's, it's, it's enlightening and really It's interesting to see how the book diverged slightly from, you know, from where, he projected that it was going to go um mm-hmm. issue four is is a different issue than i think that he pitched so um so it's you know it's, it's it's worth picking it up and and reading that that version of it if you can
0: you say as a fan but i mean and initially i mean long ago when uh you and i first talked and we were talking the long halloween and mm-hmm. then when you were on here last year to talk i said it's I like the insight coming from somebody who you're a writer for a living. So yes, you are a fan, but you're also a comic book writer. You've written for television, you've written movies. So as a fan, you said that it included that pitch. But I mean, as a writer too, do you oh, like yeah. seeing that of like, oh, this is where I can gain to maybe help help me or <laughs> different? What I, what I gathered from that pitch was I wish
1: that I could be as good as Kurt Busick because I would love to be able to just pitch this sort of top line version of the thing mm-hmm. and then go out and explore and create it with my partners, people like John Paul, Leon. Yeah. Um I, I, I because and the reason I say that is because mm-hmm. there's a lot of it's 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 broad enough it tells, it gives you the heart of the story. Like his pitch gives you the, the heart of it and tells you the framework and the format and what this is going to top line, what this is going to be, but it leaves so much room to it then go in and explore it. Now I, when I'm working on something, I just had, I just turned in an outline recently and you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a long outline and it's, and it's, it's got a lot – it's very, very specific, and there's a lot of information to the point where I'm like, I, can I even fit this into, you know, 20 pages <laughs> or a certain number of issues? Like, I don't even know because, um, you know, I'm exploring so much in the outline phase and in the pitch. Um, so I, I – my biggest professional takeaway from that was, oh, man, I wish that I could – I could have the credibility that he has so that you can just sort of pitch. Here's what I want to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then let me figure it out and explore it with my collaborators. And we'll see <laughs> how it takes shape rather than giving all the information and think this is exactly what it's going to be. And then you're just going out and executing, you know, yeah. I'm just going to make sure that I check all these boxes that, you know, I got you. I, yeah. I outlines are great and pitches mm-hmm. really specific pitches are great and they can be very helpful. But they can also box you in, and yeah. I think in this case we see how these guys didn't let themselves be boxed in by the pitch. Like they, they made some different choices and took some some liberties and some different. There and Kurt specifically talks about in in that in that uh, in that collected edition talks about how some of the choices that or I think it was in that maybe it was in an interview I I saw with him, but he talked about how. You know, some of the big swings, A couple. you know, some of the big stuff that was in there were pitches that came from from John Paul that, you know, it was mm-hmm. it was he had this idea that we do it this way. And and it kind of changed everything. And and uh, and, you know, you can't you're not going to know that when you're just a writer sitting yeah. at your computer typing out a pitch or an outline, you know. Um, so and kudos to
0: editorial on this. I think Chris Conroy was the editor um uh they say it started with was it bob wayne started and then chris it went to chris and sometimes there's always fears of like projects go to the wayside then with the switching but chris was just as motivated uh, as
1: that was that was the thing that happened with me and a a very huge comic book you know the project i'm talking about a really big name in comics who's been around for a while um egghead yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were collaborating on something and the editor left dc and yeah. it just went away the project went away um uh i ran into that guy uh last night uh at the shazam
0: fury of the gods i'll, I'll say no more and we we i ran into him literally, literally ran into him.
1: that project uh <laughs> yeah. and how sad we are that it never never got to be um yeah. these things happen so it could have happened it could have been that it completely derailed um, when when it when Chris Conroy came in, but no. In fact, what I think what we saw was Chris Conroy let those guys, you know, explore it and rethink mm-hmm. it and and adapt. And and I don't know. I would love to talk to Chris and find out. You know, I'd love to talk to to Kurt and Chris, um, and find out what the ups and downs were in the process. What editorial brought to you know that that yeah. uh, that process as well, because sometimes. You, you know, sometimes you don't even know you're looking for a note and you get a really good note. Sometimes you get a bad note too, and you got to be able yeah. to filter those out. But, um, but when you get that good note from an outsider, not even out, it's an insider outside perspective is what mm-hmm. it's like having an editor reading your stuff and, and helping you along the way. And, um, and if you trust them and if they know what they're doing, like people like Chris do and Andrew Marino, uh, my editor at BC, um, Uh, then then it can be you know you can discover exciting things and by the way that's what I want to talk about which is that discovery is is what this whole book and the type of book that creature Mm -hmm. of the night is you know that's what it's all about it is it's not under I don't think it's it's not under the Elseworlds Mm -mm. banner but it is essentially like an Elseworlds story (laughs) and yeah and the whole idea of elseworlds stories you know the the idea is for them to be a self-contained thing that is that sh- that casts these archetypal familiar characters that we've known for so long and that we think we know inside and out and cast a different cast them in a different light and see them from another angle and le- maybe learn something new about yeah. them i don't think i've ever read a <clears> book or seen a film or anything about batman that so to me beautifully explored the psychosis of of the creation of the batman mm-hmm.
2: the,
1: the 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 psychosis at the center of that and the 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 drive out of grief you know to do and we 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 know that as a concept we do we've we've heard about it it's been in the books forever but this this way of coming at it in this story is unique and um and it is it has the ability of letting you divorce yourself from everything you think you know about batman right out the gate and see it through new eyes Mm -hmm. quite literally in in this book and um and and, and 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 then what, what that ends up doing for us, like all the great Elseworlds stories is then elevating those characters and adding new layers to them that mm-hmm. then hopefully we see get threaded in, you know, all the guys, all the kids, all the people who are reading Creature of the Night, anybody who reads Creature of the Night now, who in 10 years is gonna be writing Batman comics or cartoons or whatever who knows what dimensions they're going to bring that they inherently understand about Batman because yeah. they, when, you know, they they experienced creature of the night at a, a formative age. Um, that's to me, that's, um, that's the magic of,
0: of these kinds of stories. So this one in particular, so I, like I said, I read the first two issues. I think I read the third, maybe I didn't, but I hadn't read the final. Um, I didn't. So I didn't read the story in full until for this episode. And by the time I'm reading it, it's not just like, you know, final page done. Got everything. All good. It was like you have to say, yeah, I sat and thought about it. I'm like, I don't know what I think. I don't know how I feel. I don't know. And it was going back through jotting down notes, rereading pieces that then it was like had some aha moments. And I'm like, oh, well done
1: what you're experiencing is what it is to be in the presence of art. Yeah. I think what what's cool about this, one of the great things about this is it is, it, it there there is subjectivity involved. Mm-hmm. There is you're looking at this work of art and you are uh, interpret I think this is what it has in common with the long halloween, I, you know, <laughs> ding ding ding. um is it it um you know it is open to your interpretation in many ways. And it is not a, like you, as you were saying, as you were alluding to, it's not like you check a box at the end and you know, well, that's, here's the moral of the story, kids. And now I, I it's yeah. complete. and I'm moving on to the next thing. It is something that's going to sit with you, maybe for the rest of your life. And maybe you won't even know it. It's in your subconscious now. <laughs> and mm-hmm. who knows how that's going to manifest itself in your understanding of Batman as you experience him in other stories you know, later on. I, I I'm going like that, to... But also in your own life, you know, yeah. the kinds of things yeah. that Bruce Wainwright in this story is going through, uh, you know, who knows the if we're ever going to have to experience them. And, you know, he is us. Bruce Wainwright is a Batman fanatic. You know, yeah. he's from a from childhood. He's, he's a Batman fan. And it completely influences everything about his being His Mm -hmm. physical being, his mental well-being and being, um, you know, that's that's one of the great magical things about it is it's, you know, we're getting to we're in the story Mm because he's us.
0: There's I'm going to end up asking you a question later on, almost like the almost like Jack Skellington. What does that mean? Uh, (laughs) And I really am going to be so surprised if your answer is the same as mine. I don't think yeah, it will I, be. So I would be
1: shocked because I think that there's a lot of different layers here. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different ways to experience it and we sort of take everything about us that we are to date into this story and mm-hmm. that's what determines what we get out of it I think. Yeah. Um so,
0: so we'll see. On the surface, you know, we can get the like we get the nods. We're introduced right away of kind of like, you know, this is a, you know, this is almost just like an everyday story. Batman is a piece of pop, cult- pop culture. It's fiction. The main character, yeah, like, Bruce Wayne, right, is, our, is reading it's Batman like basically
1: comics. our world. Like It starts in the 60s, right? It's our world. Batman is a comic book character. And there's a kid who is a huge Batman fan. And one of the reasons he's a huge Batman fan is because his name, the kid's name is Bruce Wainwright. You know? Bruce Wayne, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb sorry i'll cut not, <laughs> he's got an he's got a, a a a sort of uncle that is uh that he calls alfred um you know who's it's which is a a, a you know, know an amalgam of of his
0: mi- first name and middle name and alton, frederick alton frederick jepson alfred so He calls him uh-huh.
1: alfred because he's obsessed with batman you know yeah. and, and
0: it's like and how alfred. cool and you can totally relate that as a kid if you had an uncle Al this and that and you could come up with alfred of course and oh my gosh it's you
1: alfred kind of feels something like the alfred role in your life you know mm-hmm. it's you know, and, and and you know and this kid the the that's that's just that's like that's the his name the name of his sort of uncle um the the i say i keep saying sort of uncle because he wasn't actually his uncle right wasn't he a friend of the family I you know I totally forget now if he was actually related to his Let's mother see. or if he was if he was an uncle of his mother or what I don't know, um, but he um, those are the innocuous things that he are the parallel but then great I, uncle
0: my so niece's he, child so he's so, yeah, act- great uncle
1: so he's actually his mother's uncle there you go. I keep saying sort of uncle. I feel bad because I guess he's a great uncle. So that's sort Not of confirmation. He's <laughs> an uncle. Yeah, Well, he's a great uncle. Yeah. He's a terrific uncle. A um, ter- <laughs> but I'm tired. child. Yeah. So um, so those are the innocuous things, the names and stuff. Yeah. But then, of course. You saw it coming a mile away, right? His parents, Bruce Wainwright's parents are are murdered in a botched robbery attempt. And yet another parallel to Mm -hmm. bruce wayne batman's life for this kid this is a kid and what does that do to him how does that influence him you know um and that's the journey we 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 end up going on Mm -hmm. Uh, you know he's he's he is uh you know uh, he's a fan who is suddenly confronted with the reality that he kind of is bruce wayne You know, um, and 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 then his life sort of evolves from that point.
0: Very. I mean, not that there's ever been a Wayne murders scene that's been like, oh, that was cool, great or anything like that. But this one, I think yet another way that it's very, very effective in how it's done too. And yet the murders themselves happen off screen. But it's still like I think it's when they're because it's on Halloween night. And trick or treating, in which Bruce is dressed as Batman. Um, mm-hmm. But as you see, I think as you read and you get that panel of like, you get the hint that the door's been busted in. Mm-hmm. I think you just know, uh oh, this is this is where we go down that path of the um yeah, you know, the it's, journey of the Waynes. Like you know, it's <laughs> coming. Yeah, ugh. and which it's, it's done very highly effective. Now there's two things. I think that I I um thought of here the aftermath, if you will, of the Wainwrights being murdered. Uh, I think a way that music does a really good job of avoiding Bruce as you know, like a negative, and that you're that you attach to this Bruce Wainwright is that as a child he doesn't understand, but on his own as an adult he does understand. Two things in that one why he didn't like alfred didn't take him to live with him um bruce just thought it was his uncle alfred that didn't want any why can't i go live with him he doesn't want me you know he feels that rejection as a child Mm -hmm. but he understands as an adult without alfred having to tell him and there's something with that of like i think relatable both as you're a child and then as you're an adult talking to kids of i don't want to talk down to you as if you and tell you you won't understand but i hope you do when you get older when you're capable of understanding the situations well what i and i'm assuming everybody's read
1: the book who's listening to spoil
0: this. away we're spoiling yeah. everything they, but
1: i think the thing that i love about that moment you're about that thread that you're talking about about yeah. alfred and young bruce and the choice to not take him in to have him live with him The reason why we is revealed later, you know, I mean, I kind of figured it out right away, but I think a lot of people maybe didn't get it until until later on. The reason is because, you know, it's the 60s and the 70s and Alfred is gay and he has a different kind of life that is not something that is considered you know uh, and an, society would look at that yeah. as a bad environment for a, a child to be at that time to be brought into and what but what's fascinating about it to me is alfred is being alfred and he's making a choice to protect young bruce yeah not from the fact that he's gay and has a you know has gay friends and lives you know his yeah. gay lifestyle in new you know in boston mm-hmm. but <clears throat> he's protecting him from the stigma that society has toward toward alfred and toward his life and exactly and, and how that stigma would then wash onto young bruce and he's he's being protective of him but it is not for the surface reason he's not agreeing with you know maybe he's not agreeing with what the world would say about him but he's he's protecting him from all of that other garbage which is really caring foster parent kind of thing to do or Mm step-parent thing to do um so i mean that angle on it i really like and it's also a sign of the product of its time in that of the story's time or Mm -hmm the story the settings time i should say um so it's all very believable and understandable that's why he doesn't tell him I mean, you think you're like why didn't you just tell him just tell him look they won't let you live with me because you know it's just not going to work but he doesn't want bruce to look at the world that way
0: yeah he doesn't so, want i mean him- i said a, a way to get you on bruce's side it's a way to get you also on alfred's side Totally. Um, too, of like he's exactly for all the reasons that you just said of like the protecting him and everything. And it is the not to talk down to a child, but like I just don't think that you understand at this point in your life. Give some maturity, some life experience, and then I think hopefully you can understand why I did what I did. And Bruce does realize that. And so it's I think because that was my experience as like a young gay man, and I had older
1: gay and they believe in the closet like but that cuz that's just the way it is or they, they weren't necessarily in the closet but they never really talked you know unless you were mm-hmm. they were talking to other gay people they didn't talk about it um it just wasn't part of the, you just it wasn't spoken about you know and yeah, uh and I'm you know this young buck out of school and I'm like no fight the power you know <laughs> rights you know <laughs> and they're like oh you know rolling their eyes at me And, you know, there's, 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 there's benefits and drawbacks to both sides of that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but it, so it's, it's, but it is interesting that Alfred is saying, Hey, don't, he's essentially saying, I'm not going to tell young Bruce about how crappy the world is because I don't want him to become cynical. Yeah. Which tells you that maybe Alfred isn't cynical about Mm -hmm. it. That he's like those older gay men that I knew when I was coming up who were like, hey, this is just the world, you know? And meanwhile, I'm like, fight them all, you know? (laughs) Uh, So so it tells us, like you say,
0: something about, tells us a lot about Alfred, um, which in turn tells us a lot about Bruce. And to kind of go along with that, but not so much on the Alfred part, but it is Bruce kind of like the second part in the realization is Bruce going, you know going to boarding school then and then he's doing these trips over to France and then in Arizona and these kind of meets and stuff like that and the page is really great in how it interjects between Alfred's like journal writings and then Bruce's journal writings and then back to Alfred's and then and so you're getting both perspectives of what Bruce is doing as a child in which you know Bruce just thinks it's like what you say they didn't want us so they sent us away but it's like in Alfred says let's see. After they went to ranchers, they were writing lessons, nature studies. But I think Bruce figured it out that these were the children whose parents were dead or traveling or busy. Just something to do because they didn't have homes to go to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But again, that goes back to the Alfred's like, okay, fine. You can hate me. Yeah. Hate me. But don't hate the world. Don't Mm -hmm. be. I, I would rather you be mad at me. And think you know something ill of me than you would about the world because it's going to change the man you are. Um, I think that's really just amazingly cool, and I think I would love to track that in the con- in the incontinuity Batman Alfred relationship.
0: Yeah,
1: he's, I he's... wonder. I wonder if the point is that that wasn't the Alfred that Bruce had uh, in mm. continuity, or <laughs> it, it, or was it? I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I'd love to to see that and explore that. Which this is what I Alfred and why it, this gives us a chance to have a, a perspective on these characters, these yeah. archetypes that we don't normally get in continuity. And it lets us see them from a, a different angle and go, oh, I wonder,
2: mm-hmm. what,
1: was that is that a motivation? Was that there? By the way, can I just say this? Yes. And not, not to trivia not to trivialize like the, the the sort of emotional stakes of all of that and the the big sort of giant sweeping emotional nature of it, but does anybody else, did anybody else ever think that Alfred in continuity, even, I mean, we saw Alfred have relationships with women, but maybe it's just me because I was a gay kid. I always saw Alfred as a, an older gay man. Like that was my, I always saw him as a gay man. and And I wonder if that was just me. Uh, even though I knew about the classic stories where, you know, they
0: would have him, you
1: know, but like, that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, he was you a said relationships
0: butler. with women. I'm I'm struggling to even think where he's not, you know, s- serving the family duty as a butler for the Wayne family. Like, I, I don't, you're seeing relationships with women. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I, nothing comes to mind that of that think, kind of backstory. I think in like silver age stuff, like we saw, okay. You know, he would be there, would be some,
1: it would be a mention of something, or, or, you know, or he would, there would be someone he took an interest in, or something like that. I think there were occasionally we would have
0: blips of, of, of a non sexless Alfred, (laughs) you know. Well, while Bruce is off fighting dinosaurs in Dimension X, Alfred's, you know, he's just having a party at the manor. I (laughs) mean, who are we thinking of Harriet? (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> they were hosting key parties yeah you know and, it was wild and, uh <laughs> hosting
1: key parties no but i mean i know that it's it's it i don't mean to like make it about something so specific it's just that it's a it's a quirk it's a thing that kurt busick made this alfred gay in his story in creature of the night and it when i read that i was like yeah of course because alfred's gay you know <laughs> because from my perspective alfred is such a sort of quintessential gay uncle character you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um but great I, uncle I if everybody else what's great
0: uncle oh great uncle
1: oh okay. yeah he uncle.
0: said uncle sorry tim don't want to pull that card but he's a great uncle so <laughs> a terrific we uncle. did th- we did the work to figure this out okay he's a great uncle so. you know what
1: sound off in the comments yeah. uh is alfred <laughs> canonically gay let's talk about it
0: <laughs> there you go um it's gonna infuriate people people. and i can't wait to be like okay but then show me the big swinging dick hetero alfred stories because they (laughs) were not there you know like come on big announcement coming this summer in dc comics the alfred you thought you knew (laughs) swinger the alfred pennyworth story Uh, Uh, swinging no i'd just be swinging anyways
1: (laughs) the alfred story there are there are three parts the actually of Batman's sexy butler.
0: <laughs> yeah. You saw uh Jeremy Irons uh chopping wood in Batman versus Superman. Oh <laughs> there's well, okay anyway. Did you say chopping <laughs> or Sh- uh, chopping? He was yeah. chopping. Right. They, but okay, so I say Jeremy Irons, but actually I do think it's funny because in book one, um, I do think that Alfred looks like uh Jeremy Irons.
1: Oh, interesting! Let me in read.
0: I think it might be in book three. Oh. There are a couple panels in like the um, what's? It's not Wayne Industries. It's uh, Wayne, the business that he's in. There he looks like Michael Goff, you know Alfred from the Burton and Schumacher movies. There's think a panel in, in,
1: issue, in issue three. He
0: looks like him. The, yeah, there's a couple panels in there, and then there's one that's a side panel that like totally looks like a Neil Adams, uh, Ghoul uh now i'm saying this like not as if like there's inconsistency it's just like as he gets older and stuff like that i don't know why those those popped in my mind i'm like oh man the I, i don't know you know um i'm flipping through oh there it is yeah you're right he
1: does look like michael goff there that's true um you know, look, I'm flipping through these pages right now looking for yep. the examples of what you're talking about and I'm just reminded of how beautiful these pages are to me. Yeah. I think you when you flip through them, it's great to do it on your iPad because mm-hmm. you can see the color wash on each page that John Paul Leon brings to it, right? Where Yeah. like Sometimes, you know, each page sometimes has its own sort of wash tint to it. And it's like, it's almost like different dreamy versions of sepia. And then sometimes it's yeah. m- a whole scene will have. And I would love to go through and track when he chooses to leave the color wash over the course of multiple pages or scene of, of a whole scene. And when he just changes it page by page, because it's I he's telling me something and I haven't tracked what it is, um, which is a great reason to go back and keep rereading this book all the time, you know, to, to sort of track all the little things. And by the way, the other thing, and you alluded to this earlier, is the terrific lettering in this, where you have these yeah. the captions from Alfred are all in script and like you know, like the writing. Of an older gentleman in his diary, you know? And uh and then when Bruce is younger, it's very much a sort of jumbly kids sort of, not, you know, not like cars for kids kind of. Fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's a little bit more haphazard, a little bit more childish. Um, and uh, which is nice. I mean, yeah, there's color distinction too, but we're flipping between narrators and they make it very easy for us to do that and to get in the mindset of each of those those
0: characters. Well, and then later on, too, like Robin starts writing uh, into a journal as well. So, you know, brings another one in and it is it's it's pretty seamless. Um, as you were seeing, I'm flipping through uh, pages on the iPad. One that stands out to me is uh, 118, where Bruce is at the, um, you know, at the headstones of his parents and that background. So I've been reading some um, finally been reading some uh, Swamp Thing. Bernie Wrightson yeah. and Len Wein, and that just like that image. So with like you said, of the almost like the sepia, um, oh, like that, that is- background looks drooping. You know, like in the coloring with it, it. And I, I just thought of that like rights and some of the background imagery of rights and from you know of the seventies and how that looks really good of like down in you know Louisiana and stuff and like drooping backgrounds. Everything is 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 yeah, that's linear and it's
1: all coming pointing toward the ground. Uh everything's coming. It's it, I don't that's understand cool. art. I don't at all. I don't. But I <laughs> but I see, you know, what you're exactly what you're talking about, how interesting it is that everything is falling yeah. toward. Bruce, as he's there at uh, i i at uh, at the headstones. The what's also interesting is the inset on that page of a, of a what is essentially a tighter shot of tree branches and leaves that are have the effect of being in more detail yeah. than what you get in the larger splash. And yet, when you really look at that inset panel, it's not like it's super detailed. It's just heavier ink mm-hmm. and. And leaves, which you don't see in the larger panel, which is interesting.
0: And it's one of those, I don't know, sometimes stuff like that. And I know I could never ask the artist because he's no longer with us, sadly, but like, I don't know, like, you almost want to say, like, why? But I'm not saying that in a way of like, it looks like, you know, no, I want to know why way. you just did like, it. Why? I know what I'm getting out of it, but what did you, yeah, because you getting out of it as the artist, you know? It's just almost some of those of, I'm just, I just decided to do this. And I think Mm -hmm. it looks it looks good. So that's a a scene, by the way, that you're (laughs) talking about. That's a huge scene in the book
1: when when he discovers the headstone for
0: his stillborn brother. I wasn't trying to go there, but that's awesome way for us to just let's go into the creature of the night of this Batman, because that is what took me so long to come up with to me, what does it mean? What is it? What does it stand for? You know, waiting for the aha moment with that. So, because it was okay. We're dealing with, I didn't know where the story was going. I remember this when first reading it. Cause I'm like, okay, so this is dealt with very realistically. This is real world. Batman is comic book character um, up to this point. You know, they, they haven't referenced the, I think Alfred says like the gloomy movie. Yeah, eighty nine, of course, eighty nine,
1: which is so funny to think of as a gloomy movie. It's a gloomy you know. movie now. Yeah, you watch that now, and it's the campiest of all campfests.
0: It's, it's, yeah, like, it's just this a is blast. one shade from Batman sixty six now, yeah. like by today's standards. It was so dark and gloomy, but um, this, you know, I was like, is he projecting and making making this up? Is he just seeing this thing that just kind of spurred out of you know a tornado of leaves? And now it's a bat, but then it definitely, you're seeing people reacting to this. So I'm getting the impression that this thing is real. And I was really like, huh, how are they going to explain this? What is this? The the mystery at the core of this book is that, you know, Batman,
1: this, this creature of the night, this weird force of nature version of Batman materializes seemingly and Mm -hmm. is going after criminals and, and protecting maybe Bruce, uh, you know, in the night, and 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 the mystery is like, what is it? Is, mm-hmm. is this a, is this real? Because Batman is a fictional character in this story, so how yeah. is this even possible? What is it? Mm-hmm. And 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 that is what Bruce Wainwright is trying to sort of deal with and figure out because he doesn't know. And that's why it's so important when you get to this scene, when he's at the grave, when he finds this tombstone for a stillborn twin brother named Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he is uh he 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 he's looking he's looking for an answer and he thinks he finds one here which is in this sort of mystical supernatural idea of the ghost the spirit of his stillborn brother haunting mm-hmm. him in protecting him and you know and that's what this batman manifestation is um uh and so so it's at a, it's right at the point when you're like you need some answers you need some, you need some guesses about what this creature of the night is
0: yeah um
1: and so he he kind of square peg round holes this idea into being and runs with that for a while and he keeps calling this creature thomas and and in some ways it you 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 buy it you feel like that could absolutely that's what's happening this yeah. feel- because of the way that the batman character responds to him after that you get the feeling that yeah this is a character who he cares for Bruce, it's protective for him and protecting him yeah um but then as the story moves on mm-hmm. and you know bruce in issue four becomes much more he becomes one with the batman manifestation and um and it points more clearly in my mind to you know just a very deep psychosis um Mm -hmm. you know but it's so weird because you know robin uh uh and and uh and alfred it's well at least robin talks about it which is this the fact that he like you know they see bruce leap off of a building and take wing
2: yeah
0: and
1: but when you reread what it, but when you read it it almost is like you can read it on one level that that's what she's saying that i don't know how to explain what i saw mm-hmm.
2: that
1: that this but if but you could also read it as she doesn't understand what she's she doesn't understand his psychosis she mm-hmm. doesn't understand what she saw because he believes it and he will do anything you know uh um, he will do wild things and put himself in danger and 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 she's trying to piece put the pieces together. So in oh it's a little it seems like it might be a little bit of a sleight of hand where you're like, is she talking about that she saw it that she saw yeah. him become the creature of the night or is she just talking about you know his his mental illness
0: um you know I I walk around every day questioning my intelligence always but here i'm a very literal i think i take it at face value so what i see is oh my gosh you just this the the batman just absorbed bruce and he went flying off a building that's mm-hmm. what happened that's what robin saw now how did they explain it and it's never until after the fact that i start to piece together of you know well maybe not completely literal metaphorical Like,
2: hmm, it's
0: like, think about that a little bit. Pull on those threads a little and see what you get. Uh, And why? But why? What are you, like, ultimately you pull on those threads
1: because you, it's not because you want to know what they're telling you to know. It's that you want to understand. You just want to understand the characters and what their motivations are and why they're doing what they're doing.
0: For me a little bit, I think it's because we've just jumped kind of significantly from very realistic and grounded to now we're going supernatural. So I want to grasp so that I can also make that jump and that I don't just get dismissive. And I'm like, wait, hold on. What are they trying to say? I mean, first of all, I love living in metaphor. So I'm like, let's just totally
1: look at this as metaphor. You're a writer at heart. You love metaphors. (laughs) another and if you want to look at it literally, there is another angle on Robin too, which is that Robin in this story, much like canonical Robins mm-hmm. um, experienced a similar trauma to the Bruce character. And in that way, one must wonder if a what appears to be a supernatural manifestation of what is possibly this grief-stricken Bruce's psychosis exists mm-hmm. and, and is you know if that's visible to the robin character in this story is that just a manifestation of her psychosis and what her grief and the, what her grief has turned into um you know that's that's up for question and debate as well uh you know hmm. that's but but what does that say this is what i'm concerned about what does that yeah. say what that tells me is What I uh, something that I kind of know about Batman, but have never thought about before, which is that Robin. And for this, well, let's say Dick Grayson and, and Tim Drake, specifically. Um. Robin is Batman's truest believer. Yeah. Robin is the one who believes in the Batman more than anyone else in the world. Dick Grayson, certainly. And Tim Drake, very certainly, because Tim Drake got to experience a lot more of of a world with a Batman and a Robin. Like, essentially, I think what Tim Drake believes in is Batman and Robin.
0: Yeah.
1: I think Dick Grayson believes in Batman. (laughs) And so, therefore, it makes sense for the Robin in this story to be the one who sees Bruce as Batman. Even if it's a psychosis, even if it's a manifestation that doesn't really exist, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: what you're telling me is you're reminding me that Robin is the person who Batman saved, who went through a similar grief experience that he did, um, is, is, is his loyalist ally and the one who believes in him. Yeah. The most and sees him as Batman more than anything that's 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 a beautiful beautiful little ribbon that is tied in that in their story in in this in this book for me like you're telling me that she's not just Robin in name only which she kind Mm -hmm. of is most of this book I feel like but in that moment it's like no she's Robin in spirit in that regard
0: in spirit and even a little in I mean For everything that you just said, similar um, uh, origin in a way of parents, you know, murdered. Um, Bruce helps Robin. And then also, I think just Robin is one to keep Batman from going too dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can say that of like literally trace back the origins of Robin. It was to not have Batman be so dark. It was to lighten up a little bit. You know, um, maybe not Jason so much. No, not Jason so much. Well, Almost first,
2: first Jason, <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. Post-Crisis Jason, no, uh, not so much. Uh, but like here, even too. I mean, I feel like she's a very strong. Uh, advocate there in I don't know if it is towards the end of book three but it's all, all over in book four of stumbling on him and trying to be like Bruce did you stop taking your stop taking your pills and medication like she is there to you know keep him from diving into the darkness and stuff and I'm like well that's very and that's just instantly what went in my mind of like this is that's how this is this the name of Robin justifies the name of Robin in the story there's your Without beating over the head, it's not like she showed up wearing a yellow cape and a red shirt and you know green bottoms or anything like that. It wasn't that literal. It was, I mean, it's there in spirit, and I think that that is another like um, I just great that. job by Busick.
1: Love it. I love that he's not hitting you over the head with anything. Yeah, it's not like you know what. None of it feels like an Easter egg.
2: Yeah,
1: it all of it feels like a a real psychological exploration a real Mm. character a deep character dive you know in a different area of the pool you know like (laughs) a different pool entirely like let's let's take a little dive and let's really dig into the what is at the heart of these characters and why they need each other and why we love them um this is not an easy. let's be clear for anybody if you've read this story you probably need to hear this and if you haven't read it you should hear it too this is not an easy story i agree this is not a you know you don't read this and say oh that was a lot of fun you know and you're moving on like this is this is real stuff like it's like it's deeper than a lot of comics go in that way it's a lot like or it's sort of modern day comics i think i mean the, you know i think it to me, this sits, the legacy of this book, it sits in the pantheon with something like The Dark Knight Returns, which I think did, it, it checked some of the same boxes of mm-hmm. doing a real deep character dive on on Batman by sort of shaking it up, by showing you Batman in a completely different environment and situation and uh and and also artistically shaking up the page for you so that you understood immediately that you were seeing something very different even though there are familiar elements this book has familiar elements too i mean you know he's constantly throwing in these great pages and panels uh that are like golden age batman or silver age batman panels um which are really fun anchors you know and i think that that we had that in even in dark knight returns the we felt like okay well i know this is batman still I, i'm still with him even though this is a future and and it's and it's, a, it's apocalyptic and who know you know i don't know what this world is that he's in but i understand parts of batman more having watched it or or read it um, and that's how i feel about this i think this i wish someone would be bold enough to make this into a movie I think coming at the Batman story on Mm -hmm. screen from creature of the night perspective to adapt this to the screen, I think it would advance people's appreciation and love of Batman. Some people would reject it. They wouldn't quite understand what it is, but this is, this is a little bit of a thinker of a story, Mm -hmm. certainly. And it's not going to give you any easy answers um but in the end i think it's the kind of thing that'll sit with you for me it's done this it'll just sit with you all the time it's gonna just hang out in your subconscious and and it's something for you to pull on whenever you're reading about these guys uh either these characters or whether you're facing these types of situations that he's facing in in your own life we talk a lot nowadays about mental health and Mm well-being and we're much more open about talking about things like that. And we understand the value in being open and talking about mental health. And um, uh, I think in some ways, comics still tend to be a little bit behind the curve on that. I mean, what we see, if we really strip it down, what we see in Batman comics is Batman punching out mentally ill people who, when he's done, when he gets them, he puts them in where? Not necessarily a blackgate or you know a prison. Or he's putting them in an asylum, you know. Um, and that's tricky. <laughs> you, you know, are they evil? These people, maybe. Are they sick? I think we all agree that the Joker is sick. That Two Face is has a has has a sickness,
0: you know. So um, there's. You probably come across it. It's uh, it's cyclical. Always comes around. Someone thinks that they have the hottest of hot takes, and it's an original thought. That you know what, <laughs> Bruce Wayne, he could help a lot more people if yeah. he would just do something with his money instead of dress up like, like a bat and you know beat up people. Blah blah blah. Beat up I love up. this yeah. this story. To me, that's what I thought of right away. Of Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Right is doing that
2: mm-hmm. he's it's doing like the helping wayne people
0: he's doing the wayne foundation yeah you know. he's doing the wayne foundation that, that's robin that's what he does with robin and he's yeah. like she's almost like the first one that he is like and he even had there's a whole you know i don't know if it's one page or two page but a bunch of panels as he's explaining this like it's almost like this mission instead of him like alfred i want to suit up as a bat and blah blah blah. it's alfred i want to use the money established that basically foundation and help people that kids that end up in a situation like i did I was, I had the money to help me with that. There's people that won't have that. I want to help. There's no metaphors there. That is Batman, canonical
1: Batman. Yeah. He's got Wayne Industries and he's got Wayne Tech. And he's, you know, he makes, they make a lot of money doing the stuff they do, but he also has a foundation. He has, he, he literally takes in orphans and raises Mm -hmm. them. Like, you know, this is something we've known about Batman and mm-hmm. it is why I think Bruce Wainwright does he they say it in the book, he's doing it because he's trying to emulate Bruce Wayne. Um there's there's and he's not putting on a costume necessarily yeah. and you know, punching people out in the streets, you know, but he's doing the thing he can do, which is, you know, to care for people who need mm-hmm. help. But he wants to do. He, he goes to Alfred and he has that conversation. He's like, "I want to do more. I want to. Yeah, we're making money, but I want to help people. Let's let's use some of the money to help people." Mm-hmm. And that's like, oh, I don't know that we ever saw that
0: conversation in the comics, but yeah. you know that conversation took place. You know, there's he, there's countless examples of that in comics, and I mean, Batman the animated series of Wayne Foundation and doing this and doing that, and he, I feel like he goes to the extremes, in which I did relate a little bit here with like, there are ones. That are not interested in the help that are consistently just doing the bad things, and that's Batman's Rogues Gallery. Yeah, those are the ones that need the creature of the night to deal with that. In which we get here, and then this I thought was really interesting. In how Busick approached how Tom, I just keep calling him Thomas, Thomas Wayne Batman. Are you familiar, Tim? Uh, I've, I've heard <laughs> you've heard of him. Um, I that. They, oh, yeah, okay. Um the creature of the night not like bruce just thought it was you know he was doing the right things being smart making the right choices and actually creature of the night was kind of impeding on that and kind you know falsely setting up someone for bruce's benefit which yeah. i thought was really interesting that, that you know that that was a development in this um in i mean Busek, you mentioned that pitch that he included Uh, you know, at the end of the collected edition. And I think one thing that he did do really well is that the four issues, there can be, you know, a four issue story now where it kind of all does run together. I think this helps of like book one is he, like Bruce, like he he sees it ends basically with the creature of the night. Book two is learning, like creating a relationship. Book three is it's not always as it seems to be. Book four, like each book kind of does uh, stand out of like you know what what that book is like it's its own chapter but it's all connected of course um it doesn't all run together well what i love about the start of book 2 is um
1: i'm i'm trying to find the page so i can tell you but the the very first page so and it's book 2 is boy wonder and it starts with this great Silver Age recreation. Ah, yes. You know, Batman and Robin running, you know, yeah. doing that thing. Um, uh, fighting Boss Snooker. Of uh, course. Who you know. else? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when you turn the page, you get a much more colorful page than we've had, I think, in the previous issue where it definitely, the first page feels very um, golden age and the second book, or the first first book feels very golden age. The second um, book starts with a really silver age, more silver age color palette right yeah. away. Um, and, and it's called Boy Wonder. And it feels like, you know, it's, it is a little bit, we're getting into the fun games of being Bruce Wainwright. He's a little mm-hmm. bit older. He's you know doing. You know, he's 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 figuring out who he is. It starts with a little bit of romance, you know, right away. Um, uh, I love that choice. I love the choice of of a colorful a colorful full page to start mm-hmm. from. That's a Silver Age knockoff, and then you turn the page and you get a lot of those colors have bled through onto what has been a kind of dour story and have have saturated that next page in in bruce wainwright's life um
0: that's that's the kind of stuff i i live for did, did you quickly when you know i'm Sharon like pause and be like sharon sharon is there a sharon and you know it's seeing is is this a nod to yeah. a sharon in in no. comics <laughs> I, it's funny i don't easter egg
1: like that you don't do like, that not, i don't get that excited about things like that unless i mean if it's so deeply hidden like that it's not for me it's an easter egg for somebody but if it's that deeply hidden it's not for me like i i'm not going to know every sharon he's ever come in contact with and what that mean um of course i'm looking at like she's got like red hair i'm like what does that mean that was the first one with me and you know like is she catwoman is she batgirl like what you know you're immediately thinking all this is her name pamela barbara nope nope no (laughs) you know that's that stuff I'm sh- I'm sure there's got to be something, but
0: like, <laughs> that's what, is it. Pamela? Is it Barbara? I'm Sharon. Oh, it's it's just Sharon. Okay, <laughs> clearly Kurt's like just reading. Just keep, keep, reading, like, just Kurt keep going, Is just listening, listening
1: to this right now, and he's like, "Duh, it's you know Sharon <laughs> Jones from you
0: know from you host X-Men. a Batman comic podcast. Oh, Come there. on, there you Sharon are. Jones. Uh, so the, the big question." Here. Sharon Taft by the way Sharon Taft is her name a descendant of president Taft obviously <laughs> a little <laughs> a history for you people yeah wow <laughs> you thought you could get that by me Kurt um <laughs> the, the big Ooh. question with this is, yeah <laughs> you can get here, Kurt. the what is your takeaway on and this I mean I know this is loaded are you asking me how much money I make? Yes, because everybody wants to know. Um, and then, how t- much did you make for every project you've worked on?
2: <laughs> um,
0: the takeaway of the creature of the night, like what? Where did you fall after you read it, thought about it, reread it for this show? Like, what is your what is the creature of the night? Um, there's two things. Okay. There's two ways to answer that
1: because I find it's rare for me. I, I'm a words guy, and it's so it's rare for me to when when the title comes up when we talk about the the, the thing that the first thing that comes in in my mind is the art. Like that's rare. That that, that almost never happens for me, um, and that that is in the beginning that is what happened with me with this book the first thing i would think about are those these glorious john paul leon pages and yeah. and how much just for me just realistic beautiful detail i the ink is incredible
2: uh, mm. i
1: think in, in the in, in these pages and it sets itself apart from everything else that you know was coming out at the time it you know, uh, it looks premium. You know, it feels real world. Um, I don't feel like I'm necessarily reading a comic book. I feel like I'm, I'm reading a real uh, grown up, you know, version of a graphic novel kind of story. Yeah. And, and so, and 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 I think probably chief in that are the color choices. Like so, all of that hits me, and I can't help but remember that. Like a, it's a sensory reaction. Mm-hmm. That I have when I think about this book, but because I am a words guy, because I'm a writer, the thing that I, you know, when you say what is this story, for me, this is a, a, a an Elseworlds in non-Elseworlds clothing story that is that that it allows me to see and look at and think about the psychosis of what it takes for a Bruce Wayne to become a creature of the night, Mm. to become the Batman, what psychologically motivates that, which we've known from the books, from the canonical books in a, in a, I don't want to be dismissive and say in a cursory way, but in a, we've accepted it and we, we understand the facts but what I was craving, and what this book offers me, is a real deep dive into what that psychology is, where those motivations come from, and Bruce Wayne's own, you know, difficulties with understanding his own motivation. Um, it is this story is about coming to terms with Batman it's with Bruce coming to terms with Batman and that's Mm -hmm. the best for me that's the best kind of story I I love that Batman is a force of nature in Bruce's life one that he must learn to weather if he's going to survive at least weather but he could also learn to ride that wave and and his life could be maybe better because of it those those things are are chief in my mind of what this book is about it's about understand getting under the skin and understanding what it takes for a man for a boy a boy mm-hmm. like bruce wayne to grow up and become a creature of the night
0: all right so i told you that i was oh, going to buy not that at show. all no not at all um i think it was hogwash uh who's been washing said, hogs in here i i said that I, th- I was gonna ask you a question and i don't know how close your answer would be to mine and vice versa i say my answer to yours uh yes
1: what a lot of people don't know is that you you sent me your answer in advance i have yeah. it here and i'm going to open it up <laughs> we're gonna see what you said this book is okay you just Said this book is a couple hundred pages
0: hey <laughs> I was really wondering, what's he going to say here? Um, <laughs> thanks for not reading the real letter. Uh, that is a statement from my insurance. Let's oh, me. Okay. <laughs> um, let's bring them in. Spe- special guest, <laughs> Tim's insurance. <laughs> dial in the insurance adjuster. So I guess the, encapsulating like the whole creature of the night, sure, but then specifically the creature of the night thomas wayne if you will that oh you bat- want to know this what story. is the actual batman character what is he you're you're is that what you were asking did i misunderstand you i don't know that i articulated it well because nice. that is, i asked you what is the creature of the night that's the name of the book that's the title of the book yeah <laughs> and i keep i have a hard time calling you don't want Wade to call him batman, batman. yeah because <laughs> it does it. seem like it's it is but is he really a man well yeah he's thomas it's like, is but he? was Thomas ever is it Thomas? really a man? Is it um, I mean, we get she's there to bring some sense here, Dr. Katerina Nibisi. Because mm-hmm. Bruce is writing a story. I mean, that seems pretty obvious what he's doing here, Dr. Wait. Did you
1: see what he when he goes undercover? He dresses like matches Malone. I didn't put
0: that together, but thank Got you like for that. like the skull um,
1: cap and like, you know,
0: the, yeah. See, just all it takes is a pair of glasses and nobody knows who you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so as, I, I don't know, I think my answer works on twofold. In And I don't have a good way of, you know, being concise with it other than this Batman. Being not necessarily a distraction, I think there's a common... Uh, you can also say trend with people related to as much as like always need something to do. I need a list to feel accomplished. I need something to keep active and keep going. That also serves as a distraction. Um, it keeps them moving along rather than if something like in like in this story, it's like sit and just let it have. It's almost like you know, Alfred said in *The Dark Knight Rises*, of like it's time to stop trying to outsmart the truth. Just let it have its day. Or I don't mm-hmm. know if he says it stay. I don't know. He has a great accent. But let <laughs> it like just sit with it. And I kind of feel like that is with this almost. I'm not saying that Bruce didn't face it when his parents were murdered, but this Batman energizes him. It keeps him going to where, as you you know, you keep bringing up his psychosis and stuff. He's not sitting and dealing with that head on to know exactly where he stands because he's got this on his mind he's partnering up with batman he is batman to fight these criminals and beat them down rather than just like accepting the situation like for what it is of what it what he's doing and you can relate that to like batman comics too and um the wear and tear on somebody who it is right there in his mind all the time his parents were murdered by joe chill or you know an unknown mugger that like that's not normal that that's constantly just like it's there just like punching your gut 24 7 i can't rest because i need to go prevent this from happening to somebody else constant boom 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 and I, i i don't think that that's i don't think i've done a good job like uh you know being concise with that it's just like that was like my aha and takeaway with this of like i think that's where i'm at with what this is i think and this
1: is why i think that to look at this i could be wrong but i think to look at this as at face value as uh, you know oh well he actually is the batman is a is a spirit and it is the spirit of his of his dead Twin brother Thomas, who's protecting him, I think it it does a disservice to your understanding of the the story. I think if you look mm-hmm. at it just face value like that, I think yeah, he goes to that doctor who tells him about the history of you know the spirit, you know the the spiritual sort of history of of the evidence of the kind of thing that he's experiencing mm-hmm. with this Batman manifestation, but those ideas and those things there's nothing in there that tells me that that's that that's a that that is the explanation that is an explanation that i find just as hard to believe as any and because if you don't believe in ghosts or spirits you're gone not gonna you're gonna hear that person yeah. say you're gonna read this and you are gonna think okay fine but that's not really what's happening mm-hmm. um what's the real skeptical version of what's happening here um and so what I think that is in the book is 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 him trying to make sense, some sense out of it, because that's what Bruce Wainwright, and in a sense, Bruce Wayne, is doing when he manifests the Batman. He's trying to find a way to bring order to his world of chaos. He's a boy who loses everything and is alone and a victim of violent crime Mm -hmm. and none of it makes sense and so he has to figure out some way to make sense out of it so the batman is a thing that and this is true for bruce wainwright and for bruce wayne the batman is a thing that he manifests he brings into the world to bring order to disorder to bring order to chaos Mm -hmm. that's what batman does in gotham city and that's what this batman creature of the night does in boston and specifically in bruce wainwright's world he's making trying to make sense out of bruce wainwright's world for him um and that's why and so he goes to that doctor trying to make sense out of what this creature is and he gets an explanation and he's like okay great it's my dead brother and i'm reading that going no it doesn't doesn't work for you it's a it's easy it's a way for him to say okay now i know what it is but his motivation is to try to understand the chaos of his world and to bring order to it without taking responsibility for it himself. That's what he's doing throughout the whole story. You know, he's dissociating the Batman character from himself. And, um, but if you look at it as it's really just him, mm-hmm. it's just him. And he's it's just his way because he grew up on Batman books. It's just his way of making sense out of senselessness and bringing order. And that's what that's what the Batman always does. So um, so for me to answer your que- to answer your real question, what is the creature of the night? The creature of the night in my mind and this is to my reading, is a psychotic manifestation of Bruce Wainwright. Who is a who is a, who's desperately whose growth was stunted as a little boy, and his world is to him chaos, and it is a way for him to try to bring order to a world of chaos. And 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 he can't make sense out of what the thing is until he finally accepts that that thing is him. I, I think that's what that's the journey that I go on when I read this story. <laughs> You're like, "I don't buy
0: any of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's cool, uh, so cool about
1: great art. So
0: no, it's just because I mean, I'm such a literal person that I sit there and I think the music did devise it in such a way the doctor's there to make sense of it. So as a reader, like plainly. me, yeah, yeah, but I, I also feel like it's almost a speaking to to us, the audience a little bit. And I'm so literal. You leave that office. And then you do like you still have 80 80 pages left in the book or something like that. That doesn't hold. It's not like you got all the answers and everything is just like, oh, okay. well, here we go. Let's go in the book and everything's explained. It's like. If you if you said that that fully explains everything. There's challenges to that remaining in the rest of the story, probably, although let me say
1: this. Why does the Batman go away when he gets on his meds?
2: And, and that's then a when question he gets
0: too. The meds, When he gets off the meds, the Batman comes back. And it comes back. And then the for me also is like there's something that is literally there because it absorbs him. But like I don't, there's a contradiction if that's if you're trying to go completely just like, nope, that's what it is. It's like, hold on. Page, you know, page 76, actually. And so it is usually I read talk about it and then i put the book on the shelf and i for, talk about it on the shelf and put it away it's not going to happen with this one <laughs> like yeah. i think i'm going to read it again before i put it back on the shelf because it is i i felt a little confident of like i think i know where i stand with the book and i'm not saying that i question that it's just like ooh i want to read it again though because like i don't know there's i things that you said that i didn't realize and things that you said that are like I think those are different than mine, but like, it's interesting to approach it with those, like being aware of those thoughts now too.
1: Yeah. I think it's, like I said, it's the kind of story that sits with you and mm-hmm. it will evolve. Hopefully for me, my understanding yeah. of it has evolved since I first read the book and I hopefully it will for the rest of my life. That's why I reread things. That's why I rewatch movies, yeah. you know, um, cause I change. And so my interpretation of the thing changes mm-hmm. right now, this is how I see the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh and I'm, I'm not, and that's what and it's what I appreciate about the book because yeah. I I love the deep dive into the psychology and even yes, psychosis of what it takes to manifest the Batman in, into your life and have that be a thing. Um so so that's so that's that's what I love. You 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 absolutely uh, should should read it again and, and see if anything sort of shook loose for you in this conversation. This is what I mean, though, when I say this is not an easy story Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and and why I was worried. Like, I thought, okay, I'm going to come on here and I'm going to tell you how much I love this book. Yeah. And Ryan is probably going to be like, yeah, it's not you know, it's not really my favorite, because I I think that for you, it's. If you're only going if you're looking at it at face value Mm -hmm. and and literally taking it literally it, it or there's a lot of challenges like that sort of you're like i don't so then why this well mm-hmm. what does this mean then? why does this happen um and uh so maybe if you look at it from the psychological sort of metaphorical perspective when you reread it you might get something different out of it uh, yeah. i don't know or maybe you'll
0: call me and be like you're insane like what are you talking about <laughs> this, this right. tim um, i'm not even gonna publish the episode like it was just <laughs> nonsense for an hour and a half
1: i'm um, looking forward to angry comments from kurt Busick telling me that i've completely un- misunderstood his book yeah. and i'm gonna feel terrible about it oh geez no, just however i'm right. going it's to funny. say i'm sorry but i enjoy what i've taken from this <laughs> i may be
0: wrong but i i love Maybe it wrong, so but it's
1: what i got out of it and i'm loving it so
0: that's a i mean that's a thing a constant um not necessarily struggle uh, because it's not like I, I you view things how you view things. And I a lot of times I do just take stuff like literally of like, but that's what this and this happened. And I know that there's a lot of art where it's like, well, challenge your viewing. Challenge, like challenge it. Come at it from a different angle. See if there is more in it than what you got out of it, which makes I too am one that rereads, rewatches pretty often, even if it is, is stuff that Wayne's World is not a very deep movie but I've watched that movie a lot.
1: <laughs> there's some stuff that's just and, and pure entertainment. Also, there's, there's also and comfort food entertainment as well, yes. you know, and that's pretty good comfort food, by the way. There's that's the worst, great. Basically. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, I think, by the way, if you're going to have a book that you want to revisit at different points in your life and maybe pull something new out of it, yeah. I think creature of the night is a great one for that. Mm-hmm. Not only because of all the different ways you can sort of, come at it and interpret what the story means and what it means to Batman and what it means to us, but also because there's worse ways to spend your time than looking at those John Paul Leon pages over and over. over. Yeah. Because you'll find something new every time and something new to appreciate every time. I am so sad that, um, that the world won't get to experience more of his work, but from a completely selfish perspective, I'm, you know, sad that I'll, I'll never get to work with that man because I, um, I, I I fell in love with his work because of creature of the night. And I know that's probably ignorant because he had done so many other wonderful things, but that's, this is where I really thought, Oh man, this, this is, this is the guy. Um, and now I'm just chasing that I'm when I'm talking about and talking to artists, I'm looking for who's that,
0: who's going to be that next John Paul, you know, it's, that's, yeah. who, that's who I want to throw my, my lot in with. I'm glad you said it. Uh, because I'm like, I will always flat out come right out of like, um, this was my from what I'm aware of. I know what now in in looking him up more, like this was my exposure to him. To where then it 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 is fun, but then there's also a little bit of like, oh my gosh, how much work I've come across from his, and I just didn't link it. Yeah, now I will when I go back. I'm like, hit hey, that's John Paulion, that's John Paulion, and I'm like, how did I not? it took till this story and now he i'm aware
1: is it is it a mystery though because i don't think we're alone right in that respect i think there's probably a lot of people like us who are fans but um still manage there's people who sort of slip through the cracks for us or don't quite Mm -hmm. don't follow the way we should but when you think about the incredible gift that is this book creature of the night from a man who was fighting for his life you know when he was turning out these these incredible you know life affirming pages Uh, a story of great tragedy but you know still somehow finding hope in it um it, it, there's a there are layers upon layers uh that that one can take from this experience and the gratitude for the gift that he left us before he left this world uh that's that's the one i'm
0: i think yeah. i'm gonna focus on the most yeah um echo everything that you said this book uh is yeah it's gonna it i mean it already has but it will con- get media continue to seek out his work prior to this. Um, I have a couple, couple quick questions for you and we can, we can wrap it up. And it's funny to say that, like we can wrap it up. Cause I know I'm going to feel like when we're done here, there's a lot more we could have talked about. And yet we're sitting at an hour and a half right now. It is... always <laughs> is. Just, I'll blab on about something. For a while
1: and Lose all our time. Uh,
0: I didn't know if you remembered the questions from last time. Um, so I'm just gonna hit you with it though. Oh what yeah. What is your okay. favorite part of Creature of the Night?
1: Um John Paul Leon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every single image drawn by John Paul Leon. Favorite part of Creature of the Night. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um sorry, curb music. I mean, you know, I you know,
1: I hope you I hope you forgive me
0: for that. He he wrote in there many times of John Paul Leon like helped him made the story better. So that's mm. the one thing he won't come at you for, Tim, is that comment right there. Like, yeah, he's good. <laughs> By the way, can I just, just a quick aside, because this
1: is what I do. I'll go on for yes. 20 minutes talking about a thing. But this reminds me, because I was talking about how, what were great how great would it be to adapt this on screen, right? That's an upcoming question, yeah. Oh, should I wait for it?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, my favorite part, surprisingly... Batman meeting Gordon, the comic book version. And then that's the metaphor of what then happens the following page for real of Bruce feels betrayed by Gordon. The comic version is Gordon turn around. haha, It's really the Joker. Gotcha. And then that's how right. Bruce feels the next page on that Gordon. I just thought that that was brilliant. I love like I forget the actual term of uh what it's called in printing it is the old style where the printing is like in dots and that's every time it's the comic book page in here every time they do that it is such a great artistic touch like i love that kind of stuff um i love yeah i just i love that part and then this is oh my god what was your favorite panel (laughs)
1: uh well it's the the, whole book Yeah no but it is hard to I talked about it earlier it's hard to say panel it's specifically that page it's the the first page in Boston in issue 2 when this you for the you know you have that first silver age splash and then you turn that page and the way that the colors on the, bench. the silver age splash seep through into Bruce Wainwright's world there it is the whole page that, that to me is my I think my favorite page in the whole book
0: and so I'm nice. sorry I'm cheating I'm not saying panel Nah, I've done it Uh, pretty, pretty loose rules here. Uh, I mean, it's tough for me. I wrote down, I kind of, I wrote down two. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, I'll go, we'll just say runner up. This is at the end of book one with Thomas with old Thomas on the roof. Isn't that amazing? That's great. Because even take that out of no context, you see that image And it could really somebody can interpret that like no that's bruce wayne and batman well i mean not even just creature of the night any like period the character you haven't even talked about
1: the horrors you know the horror movie that's in the middle Mm -hmm. of this as well yeah uh, with the batman character i mean it's he's horrific and terrifying in a way that you expect batman would be and should be yeah and uh, it's it, it, you have license to really blow it out and make him t-
0: really terrifying because yeah. of
1: what he is
0: in this. It's really cool. Uh, uh, but I I think I'm gonna choose just a couple pages before that, and it's Bruce at the bat exhibit in the zoo. Oh, because that's another one of to me just impairing Bruce and bats. You can see that image anywhere, and you can you make the connections of like there's some you can create a story around it no context that, no words just an image that was um one of the
1: things that was the thing that kurt talks about in the comp- compiled edition where he he said he wasn't really sure where to end the yep. story and and john paul said well why not back at the bat exhibit at the zoo like let's go back to where it started and it's one of those. I love things like that because it's one of those things that when you look at it now, it's like, oh, of course. Well, duh. Yeah. That's what you should do. But I love that it 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 he needed that other perspective of mm-hmm. someone who was intimately familiar with what he was trying to do and what the story was supposed to be to remind him that this is where you want to end up.
0: Yeah. Right. Oh, wonderful. Okay, now, Tim, would you like to see this adapted in animation? You're kind of an animation king right now. <laughs> you have a lot of familiarity with animation and writing for uh, animation. So give me give me your best answer. Here, here are my thoughts on this. I think I love this story and I
1: love I would love to see this story adapted in any medium. Mm-hmm. Um, here's where it gets tricky because the one of the things I am that I think is so integral and important to this story is is the work of John Paul Leon, as I've said mm-hmm. a million times. And it's much like what happened when we adapted the long Halloween where there's a book, drink, (laughs) drink, drink. There's a book that is, (laughs) you know, synonymous with the name Tim sale and his Mm -hmm. style and his work and all the work he put into that, those beautiful pages, those uh, iconic pages. So then, and a lot of people were afraid to make that movie Mm. and Butch Lukic said, well, w- we can do it. And the first thought was, let's see if we can you know, bring Tim in and figure out how to adapt his style. But very quickly, he figured out that there would, we would never be able to animate Tim sales style and do it justice. Not only would it be wildly cost prohibitive and expensive, the, the way to get it right, right? But even what we would call getting it right would have been would have paled in comparison and would have made you wish you were looking at his work in the book. And so Butch wisely then said, well, then we're just not going to even do that. Mm -hmm. We're going to homage where we can. We're going to keep this thing noirish and dark shadows and, you know, some of the spirit of what Tim Sale brought in there. But we're not going to try to replicate Tim Sale in 3D, or in non 3D, but in 2D animation. And I think that was the smartest move. I think it was a really good move. Some people complained about it, but I think those people don't, they didn't understand because they didn't get the Tim Sale version of it. Those same people would have been, they would have been so angry. All they would have been doing would have been tearing us down and tweeting at us for ruining Tim Sale,
2: mm-hmm.
1: his work. By trying to adapt it into animation because it just didn't look the same. Yeah. They're two completely different things. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so if I tell that story, I remind you about that story because that, that's how I feel about this story. I wonder if you could do the work of John Paul Leon justice in animation. I think it's easier, it would be easier to get it right in probably i don't know because i'm not an animator but i it would probably be easier to get this right than it would be to do tim sales book and animation um but it would still be very expensive yeah it would be very expensive but it would be a triumph it would be gorgeous you know if james gunn i know you watch this uh show or listen to this show <laughs> uh, yeah you're gonna do it you know uh yeah it's gonna take some money but you'll you'll get it you get it if you get it right this as a premium in theaters, you know, uh mm. animated feature. Elseworlds branded under the James Gunn Elseworlds banner. I think they
0: I think people would come to it in droves. Having experience in adapting um a beloved story, and not just one, you've you know, you've done it with uh Superman as well, but I mean as highly regarded as the long halloween would you accept the challenge to try and adapt to this it's
1: tough i mean if you had asked me this if i if i was aware of this if this book had happened before i was writing this book didn't come out i had already written long halloween when this book before this book i think um if you would ask me though if this book had existed if you would ask me this before i did long halloween I would have said, I don't think I can do that. The Long Halloween made me feel, made me excited about the the challenge in a mm-hmm. way that I think I would have been terrified of the challenge before. I think I just got thrown into the deep end on that one. And, but but I managed to to take a beloved, a thing that I hold dear and is a beloved story to me, not just to fans around the world, and and try to to do something to do it some justice and get people excited to pick up the book that was what long halloween was um i feel more confident now that i would know my way around how to approach a project like that so yeah i i think i i would take i would take on the challenge of that today um but But if you'd asked me, you know,
0: five years ago, I would have said, I don't know. (laughs) Let me just do my own thing. (laughs) Let me just do the long Halloween instead. Okay. Yeah, right. The long Halloween is less pressure. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) In some ways, in some, no, that's not true. Long Halloween is more pressure. Long Halloween, as you know, was, it was so difficult. But what the weirdest, most difficult thing about adapting it is the, the fact that it's based on the calendar that was the yeah. hardest part with the holidays you can't get around it you can't yeah. get around it and so it's like how do you tell a cohesive story that keeps jumping ahead a month or you know in time every two pages or something or two minutes in the movie you did it yeah well luckily did it, we didn't have that problem this one jumps through some time in his life but un- unlike uh Superman Secret Identity, which by Kurt Busick, the spiritual companion of this book, which came out before Creature of the Night, a story that does a similar thing of looking at a Clark Kent in yeah. a world where Superman exists in comics and uh and watching his life play out. That story we saw his entire life, like uh, you know, played out in the course mm-hmm. of that book. This one, it's just a, a portion of Bruce Wainwright's life. So it's, it's not
0: as much to the calendar, we'd have to get right i haven't read secret identity but you're damn right i want to (laughs) now you're going to i bet yeah because
1: this 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 if you have any if there's anything about this book that you like that you know has to do with kurt busick then um then yeah you got to think see the thing that started it all Mm -hmm. secret identity started the whole thing yeah i I, wonder why
0: not come on kurt so cool. we're on a good first name basis now come on kurt i, I mean, want to give you imagine being a, a little girl reading that book that'd be amazing give you the floor for if there's anything you know final thoughts on this book that maybe you haven't said yet or maybe if you already have i just always like to give a give you opportunity for final thoughts as yeah we i mean look I, i'll
1: take i will take the opportunity but i will repeat myself and it is okay. to say this this is a, I think this book is essential reading. If you love Batman, Mm. and if you love Batman comics, Um, I think it is not, it's a difficult read if you're unaccustomed to, um, you know, reading literature. I mean, if you, if it's, if you're somebody who gets his Batman from TV and movies more than anything else, you know, and you're not somebody who loves to sit down and curl up with a a, a you know a real thinker of a book um yeah there'll be a little, little bit it'll be a little bit more difficult but you know if you if you're somebody who gets excited about you know rethinking the very concepts at the at the core of what what batman means and who he is and if you're willing to tread in the land of metaphor
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and psychological exploration if you have if you're willing to take on that challenge um and you love looking at incredibly beautiful comic book pages that you will remember for the rest of your life, please pick up Creature of the Night. (laughs) They're not paying me. Nobody's paying me. (laughs) This is not your hoopla. Okay, you get nothing from this. I get nothing. I'm just a fan.
0: Maybe maybe I'll get a Wonder Woman story out of Kurt. There you go. Okay, come on, Kurt. Uh, What about you? I, I mean, having read it, in its entirety, finally, for the first time, um, and I'm assuming whoever's made it this far into this recording listening, they've read it as well, then I'll just say, like, read it again. No matter where you fell on it. Mm-hmm. Loved it, didn't like it, anywhere in between, just read it again. Because I do think, and I mean, as you alluded to also of different points of your life, reread this, and you're going to, like, I think you're going to have a different, different things you're pulling, maybe a different outcome. Um, I don't know. I just think, somehow there's some art that is i don't know how busy mastered writing this story but it's not just one thing mm-hmm. finish the book done got everything you can out of it this is this is complex yeah, and there not in no a way that's intimidating
1: that can, layers that you can peel uh mm-hmm. and keep peeling you
0: know yeah and i'm not lying i'm gonna read it again before you know i move on to the next thing because i am i'm very intrigued i'm just even yeah, some of the smaller getting. things so
1: ryan that's the other thing like read it and talk about it with other people who've read it this yeah. is a great book to do that with mm-hmm. you know um you know that you, because you learn new things you think about it differently when you talk to your friends and and colleagues who've who've read it as well i mean i, I think yeah, I think that that's that's my be- My best advice is yeah, r- you yeah, know, certainly read it, but but talk about it, figure it out, and yeah, remember yeah. that art, great art, good art, any art, mm-hmm. doesn't have right and wrong answers. There is what it means to you, and what you get out of it, and what somebody else gets out of it, and what it means to them. And sometimes the glorious thing that happens is that you share a point of view with somebody, and you can really bond over that but it doesn't mean one thing is right and one thing is not i mm-hmm. i think you know i bet i, I don't know kurt music but i i know a lot of people in this business and who, who would say i i get out of it what i get out of it as the person who created it this is what i think <laughs> but that doesn't mean that that's all the only answer there is when you read when you experience art when you read a book like this you become the storyteller you become part of the process and it is you know it's the kind of thing george Surratt the uh, you know understood which is when he when he dealt when he worked in pointillism the idea of, of if i put different colored dots which is like cyan magenta and yellow on the old comic book pages right when you look at it your eye from a certain distance forms those things together and creates a whole new color mm-hmm. out of those different colors and you are an active participant in the creation of the work. That's what great art is and does. And I think that's what we should all be open to. And I think happily, this book gives you an opportunity to to take part in the in the story in in a, in a glorious way.
0: I think just like uh, the long Halloween. So. Um, there got that last one in. <laughs> if if somebody <laughs> isn't drunk yet, there you go. This is the one that's gonna push them over the edge. But uh, I but I agree.
1: I agree. That's why I love to talk about these are the books I love talking about because that, yeah. that that's how I feel about them.
0: And I, I know you do too. Yes, sir. Um I'm very uh thankful to set some time aside to come back to the show and talk to me um about this book. Um and just come back on the show. Let's do it again sometime. Let's do it again. Not pushing. pushing. Not
1: pushing. You're not pushing me. Listen, I one of the great things that came out of the long Halloween was that I, I got to make some new friends. And chief among them, sir, uh is you. And uh I love talking about this stuff with you. And uh we'll we'll be doing it for a long time. I hope. Sounds good to me. Uh, if uh, for some meantime, reason, though, yes, I, I know meantime. this is a Batman related uh you know, show, but, uh, you know, I, 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 we just announced, I do have a, a short story coming out in, uh, in a compilation in June called DC pride through the years. And, um, I'm writing a, an Alan Scott green lantern story with uh, a terrific artist named Kian Tormy. Um, hmm. and we, um, we are going to be it, it, that book is a, a collection of 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 a few different it's re, reprinted stories that are out of that have been out of print but we will have the only original creation in that oversized book it's like an 80 page book that's coming out in in June on June 13th so if anybody's Here's the out only there, original
0: story will be the only original story in yeah, it wow. and the other ones wow. will be
1: reprints of stuff that's out of print so okay. if, if there's a lot of great stuff in there for you know, to you know, certainly if you collect the the really wildly successful DC Pride stuff, um, but you know, our understanding of who Alan Scott is has really grown a lot in recent years. His own understanding of who he is has grown a lot in recent years, and um, so Kian and I are are really excited, and we're 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 putting together a little a little story uh, for that for that book. So we're really excited about it. So awesome. check that out. Pre-order it, please, if you have any interest in Green Lantern, Alan Scott, or DC Pride through the years. Uh, remember this: it's a it's a different book. There's there's the DC Pride Annual number three that's going to be out, uh, I think, in May. Um, and the, but there, this but we're also doing number one, DC Pride through the years. Number one is coming out June thirteenth. So please, with please. an original story by Tim original Sheen. story by Kian me Kian. and partnered with with my pal Key and Excellent uh he's been doing great work on on son of kalel uh which is terrific he's a really great artist I, I like him a lot
0: and that was my the next thing that i was uh gonna say is you know plug away if people don't know where to follow you want to keep up with anything um you started to plug your you know on your most recent story that was announced but i mean yeah i don't even uh, wait for you to let me plug i'm just plugging no you're at it you're on top of it you're like come on right let's get going okay <laughs> you are on the twitter yeah, follow me on the Twitter. I,
1: I I keep threatening to leave the Twitter, but uh I still I'm still there. So follow me on the Twitter. Uh I am Tim Sheridan. You are that's Tim Sheridan.
0: Sheridan. So it's not I a am. lie. <laughs> it's not a lie. You weren't just admitting that you are. You're saying, no, seriously, I, I am Tim Sheridan. Okay. Uh-huh. It's pretty easy yeah. one to follow you, so. It was supposed did I tell you this?
1: It was supposed to be I love Tim Sheridan, because that's my handle on like Facebook and Instagram. It's I love Tim Sheridan. I used to have a website, I love Tim Sheridan.com. Nice. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought it was funny, right? But it was one character too many for a Twitter handle. Oh so come had, on!
2: Yeah, and wow. I didn't
1: think to do I L U V Tim Sheridan, and then that would have been it. You'd have been fine, but it would have been confusing because I would have said I love Tim Sheridan. You would have seen the L O V E on the other <sighs> ones. You would have
0: seen L U V on this one.
1: Better to just go a different direction.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess Isn't it's less ex- confusing I think- than I guess less confusing than I am Tim Sheridan. Yeah, really and... excellent information <laughs> points and an angry emoji. Because yeah. yes, I attribute the angry emoji with Tim Sheridan. <laughs> the very <laughs> angry Tim Sheridan. Always angry. Swear to me. Yeah, yeah. swear to me. Swear to Tim. Uh t- <laughs> follow Tim there. I always plug. Follow the Batman Book Club on Instagram and Twitter at the Batman BC. Uh follow subscribe to the YouTube channel. Pete and I have been going through the road to No Man's Land Omnibus. We've had a break, schedules crazy we're gonna get back on it uh and then if you want to support the show three ways you can do that number one patreon.com slash the batman bc number two tpublic.com type in tbbc the batman book club i know oh, tim has been is. there he's got a shirt i didn't wear it today i should it's have okay. i
1: didn't yeah
0: but i I, I didn't it. wear it either. i love that logo so much and i love that shirt shout out justin kowalski appreciate it my pal uh and then last but not least the cheapest simplest quickest way that you can support the show is rate and review it wherever you get your podcast so if you listen apple spotify amazon google play iHeartRadio, radio got them all uh just go to the rate and review page rate and review the show because the more reviews the show gets the more it helps spread the word and as we all know the word is panic so for the writer extraordinaire angry tim sheridan i am ryan lauer and until next time we about my comics